Ahoy! I'm the comic book hunter, also known as Hunter. Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 36. For those of you just joining us, A Hero Story is a podcast all about superheroes and comic books. Uh, layout of the episode usually goes, we start off with the news of the week. We'll go from live action to television to gaming to comic book news. All DC and Marvel. After that, we switch to the comics of the week, where we read several different comics throughout the week, and we give our thoughts, our reviews, our little recaps, and let you know what we think. Afterwards, we have a character of the week, and JD, do we pick a character of the week? We're, we're kind of deciding. I hope by the end of the episode, we have a uh, clear-cut choice. <laughs> Probably Wonder Girl. <laughs> okay, Cassie Sandsmark, Wonder Girl. Yeah, and the awesome. comics of... Yeah, you want to name the comics of the week real quick? Yeah, our comics of the week include Batman number 64, Justice League number 17, Young Justice number 2, Green Lantern number 4, Avengers number 14, and uh, one that I read that Hunter did not get a chance to read is Daredevil number 1. His shop didn't have it, but I happened to buy it. And yeah, those are the comics of the week. Yeah. So with that being said, we'll get straight into the news. Starting with the news of the week, first bit of news is uh, Super Bowl happened. And during that Super Bowl, we got some TV spots for a few MCU movies coming out. First one being Avengers Endgame. Trailers kind of starts off. It's, uh, I believe, th- just 30 seconds. Trailer starts off yep. very apocalyptic looking. Looks like this confirms that the this movie takes place a while after the snap. I know there are rumors saying five years. I don't know if it's exactly five years, but it seems more like a year or maybe six months some yeah some time has passed yeah definitely some time but i wouldn't say five years but nothing's really confirmed uh get some shots of some depressing looking cities some depressing looking coliseums uh depressing looking captain america doing something with his mouth that <laughs> looks kind of awkward looking at a really clever advertising poster of like a bunch of shadows and only one person saying like where do we go now that they're they're gone so if your friends disappeared from the snap here's what you can do um besides that uh we get shots of ant-man and war machine putting their helmets on at like kind of one after the other probably planned uh we get shots of captain america's shaking hand and as he straps the shield on really fast and we finally get cap with the shield back it's been yeah three years three years four years civil war it's been a while yeah we don't know how i'm curious how that's gonna happen uh we get really quick shots of like lights flashing you see tony stark and nebula in the background all building stuff we don't know what uh just going off memory here we get shots of rocket raccoon wearing a classic comic accurate costume he doesn't wear that more recently in the comics but it is his classic suit uh guardians of the galaxy volume 2 had a suit that was similar as far as like colors and style goes but this one looks directly adapted from the early rocket raccoon days so that's cool Get a shot of uh, slow motion Avengers walking, just the ones on uh, on Earth. So no Tony, no Nebula, just the surviving members, including Rocket Raccoon. And it looks very slow motion-y and cool. Sunset or sunrise, we don't know. Uh, and we get the quote, some people move on, but not us. And yeah, I think I recapped all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the highlights for me are, well, first of all, that Coliseum that Hunter pointed out is indeed City Field where the New York Mets play. Uh, They play in Queens, New York. So maybe we got some Spider-Man friend survivors. Uh, Maybe. 
Yeah, you know, Spider Man lives in Queens. Um, also, Tony and Nebula working reminded me, you know, of course, of Iron Man One working in the cave, and I love it. Iron Man One is still a top three MCU film for me, and I think always will be. That that film will always have a special place in my heart, and it's so good. It's one of the best uh, origin yeah, it's, stories. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome to see that they're kind of referencing back to you know when Tony had his humble beginnings in the cave. So, yeah, it cool. is. Yeah, he even has like a pair of goggles that he's not wearing, but he's like holding up to his face. So, and he wore goggles while working on the first Iron Man suit. So, it's good to see like mechanic Tony, which is something we haven't seen since like what, literally Iron Man one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, just about. It's been a while. So yeah, that that's interesting, and he's probably making a new suit or something to do with getting to Earth. Theories. Oh, no. Maybe like some kind of projection thing to like signal somebody down, signal down Pepper or Captain Marvel or whoever's going to save him. Thor, maybe. Guardians. I mean, oh, no, they disappeared. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, anyone's guess, to be honest. But yeah, it, it was like a really good TV spot. 30 seconds got everyone interested. And I love the tone so far. And I, I feel like uh, Marvel's really stepping their game up with the visuals. Uh, you know, they're taking out of Zack Snyder's playbook. <laughs> of course. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I think they're doing a really good job with kind of like the long shots and very like cinematic looking shots. So I'm very excited to see that because I feel like uh, that's something the MCU has lacked over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I know this is the same directors, but look at like the footage we've seen so far of Endgame compared to Civil War. Civil War was very bland looking. Yeah. Like it was very gray and it was very uh, stereotypical shots. Like nothing really stood out in Civil War besides that one scene where everyone's fighting. The camera kind of goes through everyone. Yeah, the airport battle. Yeah. Yeah. But even the airport battle has some bland looking things. Like when everyone runs at each other and it's like a zoom out shot. It's just like it'd be cool. It works in comics like a splash page. And this was very much like a splash page. But all the characters are very small and it's very gray because like gray sky gray ground gray building so it just i feel like it doesn't look good eventually when we get the close-up shots of the heroes it looks good but endgame cinematography looks amazing they're getting colors right they're getting like zoomed in on characters when needed and zoomed out when you're not needed i'm in like yeah. a, i'm in film classes so i i like this stuff <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the endgame tv spot we should be getting one more trailer like full trailer before the movie's out i'm sure of it i'm guessing march or this month but maybe to go with captain marvel yeah that that's fairly soon i feel like but yeah i could see that for sure yeah Uh, so that wasn't our only tv spot though we also got a tv spot for captain marvel which speaking uh, of yeah yeah, speaking of Captain Marvel, we got a TV spot for Captain Marvel. Um, not much for me to say on this. It still kind of looks just uninteresting to me. I mean, of course I'm going to watch it because it's a superhero movie and, you know, we have a podcast to run here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just uh, nothing's really grabs me like, wow, this is going to be awesome. To me, it kind of looks like it's going to be a bland MCU film. But that being said, I really hope it surprises me and blows me away. But I'm just I'm going to go in with low expectations, like even for like MCU. Yeah, I, I do feel like I'm going to love it. I feel like I'm going to come out of the theater being like, that was great. But I also came out of Justice League saying, that was great. And then I <laughs> thought about it. So <laughs> I think first yeah. reactions, it'll be great. But maybe a later down the line, it might not be. It just kind of looks like a, a filler in a way. that A filler that's going to add things for the future, but 
I mean, we just got out of Infinity War, and then a prequel to that, basically, which Ant-Man and the Wasp, and now we're getting another prequel, basically. We just, I feel like, as fans, we want to move forward more than move back. So, Captain Marvel yeah. is kind of like a movie they're like, oh, we should have we should have put Captain Marvel in Phase 2 or Phase 1. Mm, better do it now, but set it in the past so we could explain why she didn't appear all this time. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also Captain Marvel is in kind of a tough spot because it's between, what, Infinity War and, uh, wait, am I wrong here? Was Ant-Man and the Wasp after Infinity War? It came out after, but took place before. Oh, I'm saying came out after. Uh, sorry. Point less taken uh but it, it's it, it's in a tough spot though because it, it is before Endgame, which is like i guess the most anticipated movie of 2019 i'd say by far for most people oh yeah. so uh yeah I, I still think it'll do well but i don't know if it'll be good but i hope it will be yeah she is in a tough position especially because dc's own captain marvel shazam comes out literally like three weeks later and yeah plus i mean off topic but shazam is in like a terrible spot i think it's gonna make very little money because it comes out like three weeks before endgame i think it'll make a and lot of money yeah, until just, endgame's out then it's just gonna die <laughs> completely yeah yeah but like three weeks is just i feel like not enough to make the kind of money that dc wants to make and i mean i think right now sh- depending on how shazam does depends if we get shazam too with the rock as black adam so yeah wah, wah, wah. And yeah, it is in a tough place because of that. It's going to have the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse curse. Because Spider-Verse did do pretty well in his first two weekends. And then the third weekend, Aquaman came out and just destroyed Spider-Verse. Which sucks because yeah. I, I found Spider-Verse to be the better movie. Aquaman's still great, but yeah. I did prefer Spider-Verse. But oh well. Yeah. But speaking of Shazam, uh, that kind of leads us to our other bit of news with Shazam. There are several rumors going on right now that superman will have a cameo in shazam but not henry cavill and not anyone else either apparently according to some test screenings which happened this past weekend which test screenings did happen this past weekend we don't know who went so just people being like yeah i totally went and this happened so we don't know if they actually (laughs) did went or not but apparently superman's in it you see like a shot of his chest with a symbol and you see a shot of him fly but that's it you don't see his face you don't he doesn't have any lines it's more just the like blink and you miss it which i don't know how that could look like visually that would probably be like it's superman but i feel like how are you gonna fit that in this movie without looking just like a oh look superman okay back to the plot yeah yeah and it just it just seems like a very big missed opportunity like i would love to see henry and you know, uh, I forget the kid's name that's playing Billy, but like Asher. Henry and Billy, like sitting in like a diner, like in the uh, New Fifty Two. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm sure oh, Henry really? would love that too. <laughs> like, I guarantee <laughs> he'd want to do that. He loves the character. Which, which kind of brings us to our next piece of news. Uh, so apparently, Henry Cavill. Now, this is a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, um, both camps, you know, Warner Brothers and Superman. Uh, sorry, Henry's agents are keen on keeping him as Superman, but. Henry has some demands for his return, including a pay raise. Uh, he wants director and script approval and producer credit for Man of Steel 2. So those are some pretty big demands. Those are demands that somebody like Tom Cruise or like, you know, A-list actors would make. So uh-huh. this is kind of surprising. But at the same time, I don't blame Henry Cavill because I think doing this is like, you know, trying to avoid another Justice League where, uh, you know, 
just the script gets so messed up or you don't you know you don't like the director and things don't. don't work out and i don't think henry wants to be embarrassed again so yeah i feel yeah. like henry isn't like oh screw this company i hate warner brothers he's probably just thinking like he looks at justice league and thinks like well i mean like that movie wasn't good but warner brothers own superman so i don't not like you so he's gonna like <laughs> yeah. he, he's gonna make some demands but i feel like he's gonna be reasonable and it doesn't i mean we don't know henry cavill but i feel like it's not he's not the kind of person to demand that like i feel like he just wants to play the best superman possible and he has the resources he just doesn't have the company to do so and that's yeah, not his and also also this might be a bargaining tactic i mean some like a uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a business kind of guy. Uh, bargaining tactics, you ask for more than you actually want. So when they compromise, you get what you wanted in the beginning. So maybe it's just like an overreach trying to get, you know, part of the thing he wants, you know, as a compromise. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, hopefully he gets the role. I mean, he posted a picture on Instagram the other day of him next to a statue of him as Superman. So <laughs> he still he was knows. Looking, he was he looking small, too. Like, he's working out hard. Yeah, well, I mean, he's playing Geralt from the witcher so he needs to be strong for that but he's also playing superman kind of so he needs to be big for that too i just my hope is that he's in shazam and then after shazam is out of theaters we get an announcement of man of steel 2 i'm not counting on one i'm not counting on either to be honest but i'm hoping for both well if you've been listening to the podcast for a while we all know that jd tends to be wrong with movie things uh joker movie is is still not happening apparently (laughs) (laughs) all right all right yeah so (laughs) we'll figure it out uh going back to shazam real quick there's another rumor along with that superman one from the test screening that black adam also makes a slight cameo but again it's not the rock it's just like a flash of his symbol on the chest and like black around it and you see lightning and that's about it guessing that's something to be like an end credit scene or something like that um, yeah, my post, well, my post, my ideal post credit scene would have been uh, The Rock, like in the Black Adam suit. Like that would be the reveal. I think that would be dope, but I guess it's too expensive. I don't know. Hopefully it's good. At least we're getting, well, maybe getting at least a hint of Black Adam because that's what yeah. we all want is Shazam versus Black Adam. But, of course, you know, it's one of the best rivalries in DC Comics. Like they, they have like Black Adam knows that Shazam's a kid, but at the same time respects him even though they fight. Because Black Adam, yeah. honestly, look at Doomsday Clock. He's an anti-hero. He's not a villain, but he still fights Shazam. So it's it's interesting. Um, going yeah. back to Avengers Endgame, though, uh, the another bit of news is the Russo brothers said that Avengers Endgame is still three hours long runtime, and Marvel Studios is considering doing this. Some people are saying that Marvel might be thinking of putting an intermission in between. Some people are thinking, no, it's fine. Like Other movies have been this long, like King Kong 2004, five or six i can't remember the year or like all th- i believe yeah or all three lord of the rings movies were around three hours long so uh, do you need think it needs an intermission no uh, i'd be fine if it's three hours but i have like you know like i don't need to go to the bathroom in the middle of a movie like i could hold it but i could understand why they wouldn't want a three-hour movie but i'm all for a three-hour movie i'd like to see them you know actually perplex the plot i don't know if that's the right saying but like if you watch Watchmen, the ultimate edition it's like three hours long it's so much better and so much more fleshed out so like i, I think Watchmen three hours if they could be fleshed out yeah Watchmen's extended edition i think is three and a half hours long too yeah the, the theatrical cut is like i think two hours yeah so but the extended has a lot more to it so i don't like people can be like oh just make it like two and a half you're cutting out 30 minutes of plot right there 
Like, we want as much as we can get. So, I'm okay with it. I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. the, the first one made $2 billion. Like, I think people are going to be able to stay around for, you know, an extra half an hour in the movie theaters. Yeah, easily. It's, it's, it'll be fine. Uh, another bit of news is Disney and Marvel are looking to replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for the MCU. Uh, this is kind of like rumors for a while, but I now I guess it's confirmed by Disney that they are currently looking, not really hiring, but keeping their eye open for their next Logan. What do you think? I'm very okay with this. I love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, but Logan was the perfect ending for him. And I'm just, you know, I'm glad he can move on from the role. And I'm gl- excited to see who they get next. Yeah, like Hugh Jackman was great, but he ended it. He's done. Let's get another one. Let's, uh, I'm hoping for a short actor because Wolverine is really short in the comics. And people like kind of make fun three. of that. Yeah, he's like 5'3. He's like a short little beast, but <laughs> X Men. Also,. Beast. So I wonder if they're actually going to get a Canadian actor this time because Hugh Jackman is Australian, yeah, I believe. Australian, so. yeah. Well, I feel like... But Wolverine himself is Canadian, I believe. Yeah, he is Canadian. He's born in Cold Lake, Alberta. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like a big thing like to, like to that he has to be Canadian, but like... No, it's cool. definitely not. I mean, I like it, sure, but like if it's an American or if it's show, another show Australian... Pride, Hunter. I know, I, I am Canadian, and I, I actually, I have family that live in the same place that Wolverine was born, so I'm there all the time, Colic. But, if it's an Irish guy, if it's an Australian, if it's an American, like, as long as he plays the character right, I don't think where he was born really matters. I'm Canadian, JD's American, we're not much different from each other, like, I'm sure I could act American, and I just act who, how I am now. Canada I mean, and America. Basically, the, are the that main different. difference between us is that he's a little more uh, adaptable to the cold. I'm, I'm a little more of a wuss when it comes. To yeah, the cold. <laughs> like it was minus forty-five degrees Celsius this week, which Jesus is a record Christ. low. But you know, we lived, we live in. But yeah, next bit, uh, last bit of news, I guess, is Rob Eager confirms that Deadpool will stay R-rated and they'll continue to make more R-rated Marvel films. This is for the MCU. So I'm guessing Deadpool is the one character that would probably stay the same actor, Ryan Reynolds. If it wasn't, then yeah. I'm pretty sure Ryan would not be a happy guy. <laughs> so I, I wonder if the rest of the uh, X-Force will be staying around. Because I thought Domino was pretty popular. And I thought uh, Josh Brolin as Cable was pretty popular too. So I doubt they'd get recasted, possible, right? possible, but I mean... Josh Brolin's also Thanos. And I know it's like, oh, it's CGI. Thanos, his face looks just like Josh Brolin, just with a different looking chin and yeah. hair and like skin. So I feel like that would be a little weird. I feel like the X-Force might be done. Rest in peace. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But yeah, that's oh. the uh, that's the live action news. Only bit of comic news is uh, Jeff Johnson and Dan Didio have Instagram, apparently. Uh, Jeff Johnson's had it since the start of the year No one really noticed But Dan just got it And he has been having a blast with his comment section I'm sure <laughs> he, he he is active And I love it Yeah, we uh, every time he posts every, every comic page on Instagram just comments Like Wally West, Wally West, Wally West And he's even noticed and made fun of it And He's messaged so, JD. And, yeah. <laughs> on on his first post, I commented because I got there before like any of the other comic pages, and I was like, "Ooh, this comment section is gonna get 
interesting with the laughing emoji and then he replies to me your first name wouldn't happen to be wally would it with like a shocked emoji i was like yo dandy was a savage i was like <laughs> holy crap like he did he really just say that i was like all right i like i automatically got like a new level of respect for dan didio and i've commented on like all of his posts like hey yo let me pitch a wally west series to which i don't get a response but i do get a lot of likes on my comments but he actually <laughs> uh he posted so Everybody's been hounding him about Wally. He posts Wally, just not Wally West. It's uh, a Hanna Barbera character, uh, Wally Bear or something like that. Wally Gator. Wally, uh, Gator, yeah, Gator. I mean, and uh, <laughs> which is pretty funny in his own that you know he's looking at the comments and um, CFDC Logan commented like, uh, "Time to ask for a Wally Gator solo series on every post." To which I replied, "Already have my Wally." gator pitch ready and he liked the comment so he knows i've been asking about my pitch for a while and uh yeah dan did he was a good sport i'll give him that so yeah. expect him on the podcast late in like a few <laughs> minutes here let's hope we'll give him a call to, right be, hon- to be honest I, to be honest i think that'll be an interesting interview just because i'm gonna be like why do you hate wally why do True. you hate dick why yeah. do you hate roy <laughs> uh, also oh, jeff, johns- <laughs> Je- jeff johns is not as active on instagram but he answered my DM. Um, I just, you know, thanked him for being my favorite comic book writer and for making my favorite story of all time, Blitz. And uh, he was like, thank you for the support. So I was like, holy crap, Jeff Johns just answered me? I just had a conversation with Jeff Johns. I was like, Brrr. you know, my heart rate was crazy. <laughs> no, always message him because he'll always get the notification. Ask him if you could be <laughs> friends with him. Ask him if you could pitch a series just every day. If he doesn't answer... Just threaten to like unfollow him, and I'm sure he'll give you something. I'm sure. I'm gonna be like Jeff. Jeff, can we be best friends? And he's gonna be like, No. I'm gonna be like, Okay, thanks for answering. <laughs> the next day, oh, hey man. Jeff, I have an idea for a Wally story. <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> thanks for answering. <laughs> but yeah, Just, as you can see, Hunter and I are having a blast with Dan Didio's comment section, along with pretty much every comic account like hunter said so mm-hmm. it's really fun and at least dan's being a good sport about it so automatic respect to him and although dan and i have had our differences in the past i will respect him yeah always if, if I, you won't, f- I won't spread hate in the comments because there's no need for it yeah of course yeah no no don't go spreading hate you can make jokes like oh well, why don't you like wally we have uh, wally ideas that's fine but don't be like screw you for not liking wally west and uh, uh, rick Grayson. Uh, just respect yeah. him if you want to follow him, it's uh, DC Dan Didio, and yeah, go follow his yeah. love. This lovely and somewhat hated man. <laughs> and oh, that's man. the news. Right. Yeah. All right. That means we're on to the comics. Welcome to the. Is that twenty-two minute mark? Twenty-two minute mark, I believe. And uh, yeah, we're gonna get to the comics because that's what this is all about—a comic book podcast. Uh, our first comic of the week is Batman number sixty-four, The Price of Justice, Part One. This is the second Batman Flash crossover since Rebirth has started. Uh, this one is written only by Williamson. The last one was written partly by Williamson, partly by King, but this one is only Williamson. I mean, I'm sure King had some kind of input, but yeah. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah. Uh, so Tom King is off Batman. Uh, Siri, play uh, play celebration by Cool and the Gang. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, it's a joke, Tom King. Please, please don't be upset. Uh, <laughs> so, so the issue starts with uh, Batman doing a autopsy, I guess, on Wally's body, and he's about to cut into his chest, and then he Where's walks away. Okay. I don't, I don't want a naked Wally, but it's kind of weird that Wally's still wearing a suit during this. 
but also just... it doesn't line up in continuity because like when Wally, I mean, sorry, when Barry had him in oh, Flash yeah. Annual Two, it was it was just a suit, like his body was gone, and then isn't his suit made of Speed Force? So if he's dead, wouldn't the suit be gone? Like it just doesn't make sense at all. I mean, it's a cool looking panel, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the, you're right. Yeah, why? And why I know, does he and I know like... Hunter is like Mr. Continuity. Like, if any continuity slip happens, Hunter. Oh, you just wait one, till we talk about Young Justice Hunter. number two. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna so, go so on the continuity I was, just a little, I was just a little wondering, like, why that was. But anyway, uh, then we see the Justice League facing the Justice League of Amazos. Amazo, Amazo, however you pronounce it. I always say Amazo. Uh, Amazo is the robot that takes over the powers of the Justice League and fights. Uh, yeah, pretty much it. But now there's one for each character. So there's one like a Batman Amazo. There's a Flash Amazo, Superman Amazo. I think you get the gist here. Uh, so the Justice League is fighting. Really cool that Mera was with the Justice League, which lines up with Scott Snyder's Justice League, which is not a surprise because Williamson and Snyder are very close. Uh, when Batman is fighting his Amazo, he puts a battering through his eye and he goes, or the two T's, which Damian Wayne always does. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> like father like son yeah uh he, he he looks over at superman who's uh just talking to him and all of a sudden he sees commander steel, steel yeah commander steel and uh yeah he's getting like a vision of commander steel but then he's like what and then superman's like Batman, are you okay you look like you've seen a ghost which he literally has seen a ghost uh then the flash amazo is running at him oh i am for those who don't know commander steel is one of the people who were murdered in heroes in crisis so yeah uh, the Flash Amazo is running at him. He's the fastest Amazo alive. Barry's like, I'll give you a hand. And then Bruce goes, I'm good. Thanks. I'll just hit him. And then he puts the belt around his neck, which is kind of stupid. Utility belt, yeah. Uh, but, but like, he's the fastest robot alive, and you took him out with a belt. But he goes, Alfred, take a note. Restock the utility belt. So, yeah, he takes down. He takes the head off of the fastest Amazo alive. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Batman is into the bat plane. He doesn't want to get uh, a meal with the rest of the Justice League who are going to go to, I think, like a diner or something. Yeah, burrito place. Like restaurant. Yeah, burrito place. So uh, Flash doesn't stick around either because he wants to run after Batman because, well, that's the plot. Uh, Batman makes his way to the Flash Museum. The Flash Museum actually looks really dope. Like, I like the uh, kind of splash page we get of it. And uh, they have posters of, like, Barry and Wally outside with, like, their logos and stuff. So I really like it. Uh, there's people all up inside, and you see, like, Avery Ho's suit. Uh, you see Wallace, like, painted on the wall. You get the gist, Flash Museum stuff. And boom! A big explosion happens. And somebody goes, run! Somebody with a cape who has a silhouette. Um, and it's Gotham Girl. Gotham Girl, yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know that for sure, but it's definitely Gotham Girl because she's supposed to have a role in this arc. And she was last seen being one bad person. So Exactly. <laughs> Gotham Girl, uh, for so- those who don't know, is one of King's original characters. Uh, she has basically the same powers as Superman, but every time she uses her powers, she slowly begins to die. So yes. she kind of stopped using her powers because, like, oh, I'm going to fly for, like, a minute. That's like killing yourself for a minute. So she's dying slowly, but now apparently she's using her powers to tear down the Flash Museum for some reason. Yeah. So uh, the statue of Wally, the huge statue of Wally, like probably like a 50 foot statue, starts falling down. And uh, on the cover, they show Batman holding the statue. So I was like, oh, God, please don't let that happen. But he actually doesn't do it. He uh, like flies in with a uh, grapple hook and gets the people out of the way. Uh, they're kind of surprised to see Batman because, well, it's Central City and it's the Flash Museum. And it's the uh, daytime. 
Yeah, he looks down at the ground and he sees a picture of Wally that's all cracked, and then he gets a vision of like Wally dead on the ground, which looks actually very similar to how he was laying in Heroes in Crisis. So props to the artist. Uh, mm -hmm. He throws batarangs, and the batarangs are at Flash. You catch them all fast. Uh, I really like the way Barry was written here because he's like, "But our job isn't done. People still need help." Or sorry, uh, people still need us. And he's like helping people up. He gets somebody a pizza. <laughs> you know, just Barry Allen things. Uh, yeah. While he's talking. Uh, he says things will be okay, and then all of a sudden, he, uh, Bruce sees him as Wally, giving like the same exact smile, same exact pose. So something's messing with Bruce's mind right now. Uh, so then Barry's like, you know, what's up, man? You know, why are you out in the daytime? You could disappear now. And uh, he's like, well, it's better that we work together like the old days, which this is probably my favorite part of the comic because then we see a throwback of Dick and Bruce and Barry and Wally. Um, Batman, and Robin, Kid Flash, yeah. and Flash. Yeah, yeah and they, they just took down Solomon Grundy, and Dick and Wally are, like, so, you know, excited. They're like, yeah, you were so fast punching the air, and then you did that somersault and kicked him right in the pow! And then they fist bump, which was awesome, and Barry and Bruce are just like, <laughs> we shouldn't have let them take on Grundy. It was dangerous. It was like, oh, you know, look how much fun they're having. And I, I just love the fist bump panel. It looks awesome. Too bad they're both so messed up by DC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, Batman and Flash are dealing with the, uh, you know, what's happening with the Flash Museum. And then he talks about Gotham Girl. Bruce talks about Gotham Girl. And, you know, he references the I Am Gotham storyline from Batman. And Flash remembers them from when they took on the Justice League. Uh, then we see in like a different place where Gotham girl is coming out and she says, the flash is involved now. This is the heroic thing to do. I know it. No one, not Batman or the flash will stop me from being a hero, especially if it means. And then on the last page, she's saving her brother. So bring you yeah, back. Yeah. Got, and her brother is attached to him. Yeah. Her brother is Gotham who has the exact same power, not the city. He just goes by the name Gotham. He has the same powers as her where like he's the same powers as superman but it slowly kills him but he uses too much where he actually did die from his powers so now she's yeah. finding a way to bring him back and he, yeah i wonder what i wonder what the green liquid is that he's hooked on i wonder if it's gonna be like lazarus, lazarus pit yeah <laughs> or if it's gonna be like venom like bane because it looks like he's very veiny but who knows yeah we don't know but yeah yeah interested to see where it goes nonetheless what do you think of the issue I thought it was good, a good start. Like I'm looking forward to the story. I feel like Williamson. I like I didn't notice that this was Williamson's writing, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went, he went, he went easy on the clunky dialogue, which is always a plus. I thought this was a solid start, and I mean, I'm excited to see where the story goes. The one flash page of the Flash Museum, flash page, splash page of the Flash Museum. Say that ten times fast. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> You see, like, the statues of Wally and Barry, and they look so tall, and it's it's so nice. I stared at that page for a while, just looking at all the detail. Like, you can see people running around in the background. It reminds me of when the Hall of Justice first opened up in 2018. We got a splash page in Justice League of people just walking towards the Hall of Justice visiting, and it just looked beautiful. And this reminds me of yeah. that. Yeah, definitely agreed. And I love the perspective, like you said, of how tall the statues actually are. It looks awesome. And, uh, yeah, the Flash Museum's dope. Yeah. So what's your rating of the issue? Uh, good start. Um, not much. No, I guess some stuff happened. Uh, duh. I don't know. What's yours? 8.5. It's a setup, but I thought it was a good setup. And like you said, there was not really Williamson clunky dialogue. So, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good first issue. Okay, I'll give it a 8. It was a good issue. 
but not 8.5 good just okay fair enough (laughs) okay Uh, our next comic of the week is justice league number 17 this is personally my pick of the week i absolutely loved this issue uh scott snyder justice league on the cover we see martian manhunter and lex luther and it says the good the bad and the dragons This is the issue focused all on Lex Luthor and Martian Manhunter, which uh, if you follow Comic Book Hunter, which if you don't, go follow him. Oh, thank you. Uh, He he was talking about how Scott Snyder's been building up Lex and Martian Manhunter as rivals. And yeah, this is something that I've been loving because they really do make sense for a rivalry. And I like it. Yeah, like 75 years of Superman and Lex Luthor like always fighting. It's good to see Lex fight other villains and i think more superheroes and more writers should do that uh the end of the flash new 52 have flash versus riddler which was super unique and this is this whole arc is basically martian manhunter and lex luther as more rivals than luther and superman and it works so well because name a good martian manhunter villain there are none pretty much <laughs> so pretty much lex is becoming a good villain to john jones all right, so uh, to recap, they're on Mars. Uh, Martian Manhunter is going to a place where it is considered a holy location on the planet. No no non-Martian has ever set foot there. Uh, then we see Lex. He's like, a, you know, Martian Manhunter tells him that he trusts him. And then Lex puts a gun to the back of his head because, well, he's Lex Luthor. Uh, then we get a flashback to 30 minutes ago where Martian Manhunter was doing like almost like a VR simulation like how Wally did. Uh, oh, and Heroes in his Crisis. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Martian Manhunter is kind of simulating when his kids were still alive and it's kind of emotional because damn he lost his family uh yeah. lex is you know lex he's menacing which i love uh martian manhunter has jaro in his hand and lex thinks he's using jaro to you know mess with his mind but he's actually not yeah for those he, who don't he know takes down jaro uh, with, like, toxin yeah jaro is a miniature starro in a jar Used. He's also Batman's son. He's also Batman's <laughs> son. <laughs> used to um, basically help mind areas, help people get through mind areas, help people find Justice League members when they're missing. For example, in Justice League, the Drowned, or no, 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 sorry, Drowned Earth, Drowned Earth. Uh, yeah. Start. Jaro is just basically helpful for mind stuff. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. And he, and, he, and he loves Batman for some reason. He <laughs> loves Batman. He calls Batman dad. <laughs> so, yeah, Martian Manhunter. And Batman kind of accepts it, like <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like, say he doesn't... stop or anything. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think he likes it because he's so distant with Damien right now. But that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> so after taking down Jaro, uh, Lex is like, oh, don't be a sore loser. And he's like, quiet. We need to move. Uh, there's some dinosaur-looking things that basically feed on your emotion. Uh, like well, technically, or... according to the cover, they're dragon-looking things. Okay, dinosaur, dragon, whatever floats your boat. Apparently, that doesn't float Hunter's boat. It floats mm-hmm. my boat. No, nope, does not float uh, my boat. <laughs> so they, they feed on, like, fear and regret, which Martian, Manta- Martian Manhunter has a lot of. Uh, then we get a flashback to years ago when Martian Manhunter was the little kid in the, like, glass cage. Yeah, and, uh, Martian Manhunter is probably, like, what? seven eight yeah he's, he's visibly a child so yeah and he's in like a testing tube in a lab on earth little, little martian little kid yeah. martian uh so there are scientists that are basically experimenting on him and this little kid uh tells him to look with his infrared vision and he sees a sign that says hi my name is albie like on the shirt like written in infrared so obviously the, this kid's pretty smart the way he said it though was he's basically like he's one of the scientist's sons 
He's looking at the Martian. He's wearing a shirt that says, it's like the infinity symbol, 10 one fourth. So yeah, he yeah. kept gesturing to his shirt. So the the infinity symbol could mean eyes because they kind of look like eyes. So turn your eyes to attend to the 14th power. So he does that. Yeah. And that's how he can see infrared. Yeah. And also a little correction for Hunter. They actually introduced him as one of the scientist's nephew. Oh, nephew. So, okay. Sorry. Gosh. Sorry. Uh, 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 they go to like Buzz uh, Martian Manhunter with like a little poking stick that shocks him and he's visibly scared uh then we go back to adult lex and adult martian manhunter uh he's like what do you have to regret uh you know lex is like making fun of martian manhunter a lot but he's like you know he's messing with his head basically but martian manhunter's keeping a call calm cool and collect which i like yep uh we see you know a nice splash page not even a splash page but like a nice panel of the green lanterns from uh justice league annual number one where they were trying to keep the wall from you know falling in Yep, we talked about uh, that last uh, week. Yeah, uh, Lex is talking about Perpetua and how he basically has plans for it. And for Mark those who don't know, Perpetua she's... is basically like God of the Universe. Before there was anything, there was Perpetua. Blah blah blah. Religion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's still pointing the gun at Martian Manhunter, which gets me feeling like nervous. <laughs> uh, he puts down. He eventually, like Martian Manhunter, hasn't put down the gun and it's it's nice I, I thought the dialogue was really well written in this issue uh big credit credits to scott uh we go back to martian manhunter the kid where him and albie he's still communicating with him and he's like he has sorry written on his shirt in the infrared and he says we could talk in your mind if uh if that's easier for you whatever whatever's easier for you so then he's like you know can you shape shift out and he's like uh, he hasn't learned yet his father hasn't taught him so martian manhunter is that young he doesn't even know how to shape shift just yet Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to escape or you know get back to his home, but the kid just knows that it's not going to end well. That he's giving bad cells on purpose. Yeah, Jean asked the kid. Then, like, yeah, Jean is giving. He's bad just cells. like, can I go home? And the kid goes, maybe. No, no, you're not. You're never going to leave this place. But he yeah. says, I like it as in he's very sorry. Like he's like, I'm so sorry, but I don't think you're ever going to leave. Like, it's not yeah. like the kid's like, hey, there's nothing you can really do. He's just trying to be friends with Jean. Yeah. Uh, we go back to adult uh, adult Martian Manhunter and Lex on Mars, where uh, he wants Lex to hear his... It's called S-H apostrophe A-N-N-E. Shane? Shane? Shante. Shane. Where are you reading this? I'm trying to find out. How are you pronouncing it? I'm not, uh, I'm not really all that sure. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Oh, my God, this. Where is this page? <laughs> Oh, it's uh, right after it's right Sha- after the ad. Shane, 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 Shane. We're not. We're clearly not good pronunciators. <laughs> no. How uh, we go back to Martian Manhunter as a kid, where him and Albie are flying, and they're taking down a bank robbery, but they're all doing it all inside his mind. And uh, when they go back, like basically, Martian Manhunter is telling him all these stories about Albie. Albie visited him often, and that you know he was good. He. He wanted to save people without hope. So, Albie's a really good kid. And, and John wants Lex to help him find Albie. Yeah, find Albie. He says uh, that... I think Lex says he has multiple scientists named Albie. Or that might be later in the issue. But, yeah, uh, he does say Lex, that. Yeah. yeah, Lex is like, damn it, John, there's no more time. Because the dragons are you know, coming in on their ass. Uh, this page really got to me. Uh, so, oh, the whole laboratory's back. And they're saying that they're going to free Martian Manhunter. But... 
Albie is crying, and he has a lot written on his shirt this time. It says on his shirt, I'm sorry, John. They're going to kill you. I, I tried to stop them, but they wouldn't listen. So I did the next best thing. I rigged the machine. When they hit the button to kill you, it'll send you away. And then in his mind, he says, Albie, what about you? And then Albie says, it's too late for me and everyone in here. But but when you go back home, remember me. Remember we weren't all bad. We weren't. And then uh, it says, before you go, I want to tell you my name on his shirt. And, and then before he could uh, – I'm sorry. He turns around and on the back of his shirt, it says, Alex. So then that's that's where we get the big reveal that brrr, Albie is Lex Luthor. This blew my mind. It didn't blow Hunter's <laughs> mind. It blew my mind. I was like, holy crap. I did not expect that. Yeah, so this little kid who was helping Martian Manhunter as a child in a testing tube was little Lex Luthor. But as soon as Martian Manhunter says, you're Albie, Lex, and you can stop all this, Lex just pauses and goes, no, shut up. And then Martian Mentor is like, it's true, Lex. They, they took your memories. And he just says, I said shut up and punches Martian Manhunter in the face. And then the dragons come. And, yeah, they have to escape. Yeah, he's obviously getting more emotional, which is causing the dragons to come even faster. But, yeah. So they're trying to make their way out of the planet. And Jaro is waking up a little bit. And he says, <laughs> uh, Lex calls Jaro slimy. And <laughs> Jaro goes, like, faintly, like, I am not slimy. Because good old Jaro, he's very, very movie. faintly. There's dot dots after. So it's like, I am not slimy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaro is able to take control of one of the dragons. And uh, Martian Manhunter really just wants to work with him. Uh, he's like, you know, they erased your memory. They left you with nothing but a sense of what had once been, and they left your uncle a drunk. Uh, they left your uncle, which was actually his father, but they lied to him. Uh, they left him a drunk and broken man, the father that you knew, and the father that you grew up in that shadow. Then two portals open: one to the Legion of Doom headquarters, one to the Justice League headquarters. And Marsh Manhunter wants him to come with him, but Lex says, "I, I, no!" And he jumps into the Legion of Doom portal, and yeah. Uh, then we get like two very similar looking panels with Martian Manhunter landing before Batman saying, uh, he says, Martian Manhunter goes, ugh. And Batman goes, did it work? Jaro, are you okay? Because he has to worry about his son. Uh, <laughs> no, Martian Manhunter literally has like the steam coming off his back. And Batman's like, Jaro, are you okay? <laughs> I'm I'm really thinking it's because of his uh, issues with Damien. That's why he loves Jaro so much. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, similar said, looking panel is after that of Lex Luthor coming out of the portal with steam coming off and Brainiac standing before him saying, Luthor, the reading is in your suit. What happened? Jaro, are you okay? <laughs> no, he doesn't actually say Jaro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's basically like Lex Luthor's reporting to Brainiac and Martian Manhunter's before, er, reporting to Batman. So it's very similar panels. They're doing the same pose yeah, and, and everything. And, and to explain how... Um, why he didn't get anything from Martian Manhunter. He says that he possessed nothing worth learning. And then at the end, he goes back in his bed, looks at the knob, and then says the you know the word that Martian Manhunter was saying, Shane, Shane. So I thought this was a great issue. I This is probably my, not only my pick of the week, but this is probably my favorite Justice League issue since Dark Side War. Whoa. Uh, I said, yeah. Two yeah. years. I mean, Justice League Rebirth years. is absolute trash, so couldn't pick anything from that. Still, though, damn, okay, okay. Uh, damn, okay. <laughs> this was really good. Like, reading back on it, this is probably my pick of the week. It is really well done. The whole Marsh Manhunter or Lex Luthor thing is genius. Um, yep. The whole twist with the, the kid being Martian Manhunter's friend, but then his memories were erased, so he doesn't remember that. 
It's very interesting. I did see it coming. Cause I did not see it coming. Ginger haired kid in a lab. Hmm. I, I always forget I always forget that Lex was once ginger before he was bald. <laughs> yeah, he had a long ginger hair, so it's like, hmm. So I thought that at first, but then his name was Albie, and Martian Manhunter kept, like, he didn't want to reveal that to Luther right away, so he was like, I need you to help me find Albie. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not. But as soon as I turned to Alex, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I was right. So that was my reaction, and I was like, mm, okay. Your reaction was probably like, nani? And you, like, accidentally ripped the <laughs> well, page well, open, and like... <laughs> Because he said he had a scientist, like multiple scientists named Albie. So I'm like, all right, well, the guy works for Luther. I wonder what he looks like now. But then, like, oh. you turn the page and you see that his name is actually Alex. So when when it revealed Alex, then it all, like, pieced together in my head. I was like, holy crap, it's Lex Luther. So that was the big reveal, like, seeing that his name was actually Alex. Because, I don't know. Scott, I thought Scott Snyder did that well. And with the page flip being the reveal, I don't know. I, I like when comics do that. Yeah, me too. So I understand. Um, all in all, yeah. though, this issue was really good. I would have to give it. Oh, do I go for the ten? Yeah, I'll go. With- I'm I'm going with the ten. It's a yeah, ten yeah. from JD. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a ten because a ten doesn't necessarily mean like this is the greatest book of all time. No, it just means it had no yeah. flaws in this comic. Yeah, had no flaws. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Jara works as great comedy relief, and I love him in Batman. If yeah. we got a panel where Jara was wearing like a little R, like a Robin's. <laughs> Signal, I will. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like this Justice League issue, and I love Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor's new rivalry, and I can't wait to see it develop more. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Our next comic is Young Justice number two. Hunter, you want to give a recap of it? Sure. Uh, I don't have the comic in oh, front of me have... right now. Right. I forgot about that. Okay. So, I will so, go over that. Really sad story. Um, my comic store didn't have. Uh, Young Justice number two. So I read a comic book online for the third time in my life. <gasps> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't like it, but I like the issue. I just didn't like reading it online. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, young, young, young Justice number two. We're in the gem world. The gem. Uh, there are people talking about Am, Am, Amethyst? Am, Amethyst. 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 Okay. Amethyst and how uh, they need her head. They gotta kill her, and when they're in the middle of talking about that, boom! Robin, uh, Tim Drake, pops in on a unicorn, armored-looking thing. It looks awesome, and uh, he goes, "Whoa!" And then uh, Amethyst says, "You want my head? Then come get it." So really mm-hmm. cool, kind of you know, two-page spread there. I like Robin on the uh, unicorn thingy because it reminds me of Damien riding his mystical animal. So that was cool. Uh, we see Ginny Hex with the big Teen Lantern construct on top of her pickup truck, and they pull up on Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl is like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't point that at me. And then uh, she said, "Who the hell are you?" Uh, she's like, "Don't you know the Don't you know the Teen Titans?" And then like, "You're not one of the Teen Titans." And then she goes, "You're not a Teen Titan. Beast Boy is a Teen Titan." And she's like, "You know Beast Boy, but you don't know me." So a little odd that she doesn't know Wonder Girl, but maybe that'll explain why Wonder Girl was out of continuity. Maybe because she, yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, uh, we get uh, a little bit of a flashback of Wonder Girl taking down uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, you know who I'm talking about? The big red guy, the magic guy. Uh, it says his name in the right issue. Now. Does it? Yeah. I can't think of his name right now, and I don't even see his name on the like page here. Three-eyed but, monster. He's a super. He's a Justice League villain, or a Superman villain, depends on the book. 
Yeah. If you know those books, you'll know who I'm talking about. But anyway, he's like, oh, I'm just facing like a little sidekick. I faced the Justice League before. But Wonder Girl kicks his ass. And it's like all on a, on a high school football field. And uh, they're like, whoa, it's Zatanna. You rock, Blondie. <laughs> Zatanna is not blonde, you idiots. <laughs> um, so they're like, uh, who are you? So nobody knows who Wonder Girl is. That That's the point here, which I like. Uh, an old man approaches her and he smiles, to which she replies with a curse <laughs> um she flies up and she goes hi grandpa and then <laughs> uh zeus goes grandpa and then she goes pop pop <laughs> so i'm kidding give grandpa a hug so yeah zeus and uh wonder girl back together uh she's like who died she's like the only time you would come to me is if somebody died he's like can't i just come see my granddaughter which of course isn't you know real uh so she gets a gift from zeus like a necklace yeah a a necklace he calls it her birthright and he says that it's part of the trinity of the gods uh it goes with her her bracelets and her lasso and once she becomes a full-fledged member of the pantheon all three are gifted to their rightful owner and then she like looks at it and realizes how powerful it is and she hands it back to him because she doesn't want it she feels like she didn't earn it which okay interesting I mean, like Zeus never talks to her, and then he yeah. comes down. And is like, "Hey, take it's this like, thing," and she's like, like, "Why though? Like, you don't talk yeah. to me. I never did anything. Like, why do I get this?" So it's like, I, I kind of relate to this because I I have like a distant relationship with my grandfather. So I kind of like this. I like the way this was written. Yeah, like if your grandfather so, uh, came and just like, "Hey, see this amulet? I want you to have it, JD, and you can yeah. control <laughs> the world." And you'd be like, oh, oh, "Why me?" Like, bro, I haven't seen you in years. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, he, she uh, blah, blah, blah. she hands it back, and then he says, oh, you're a giant pain, Cassie Sandsmark, just like your mother. Then as he fades away, she goes, deal with it, Gramps. So uh, then she, we're back to the woods where, you know, the shotgun is pointed at her. Uh, they get in her truck, in Ginny Hex's truck, and they're, they tell Teen, Teen Lantern to get in there to save her energy, but she's like, no, thank you. I'm fine in here. So Teen Lantern still hasn't been revealed out of her construct just yet, which I find a little odd because she's been on, like we know what she looks like because of the cover. So I don't know why they're not. Maybe her she's not actually yet. in there. Oh, you like uh, doing it from a remote location since she's a hacker and not actually yeah. in a ring. Yeah, interesting. Could be that could be cool. Uh, they they get to where Robin and Amethyst were, where she saves them with a bunch of pillows. And uh, she's like, I'm Teen Lantern. I just saved your life. And she's like, oh, uh, Wonder Girl asks how they know each other, but they literally like just met. And then she's like, yeah, this is my kingdom, Amethyst. And then they go, your kingdom, your new empire. Uh, <laughs> the Lord Opal of Gemworld is, yeah, it's it's his kingdom, apparently. So, yeah, he kind of looks like a blue Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. The best way I could describe him. And yeah. And then uh, it says, next, whatever happened to Connor Kent? So, yeah. Yeah, no I Connor, no Bart in this issue. No Superman, no Impulse. I commented on Brian Michael Bendis' Instagram. Uh, hey, are we going to see brag. Bart Con next issue? Yeah, I, got, I always got to brag. <laughs> uh, are we going to see Bart and Con next issue? And he said, yes, the issue is uh, focused on them a lot because this issue wasn't too fo- uh, wasn't too fair to Bart and Con fans with a smiley face. So, yeah, good for Bendis. Awesome. What did you think of Young Justice number two? I liked First it, time but... about your continuity error. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, but I have a problem with it. Uh, so uh, Zeus is there. Hey, 
when was the last time we saw Zeus? Oh, and, and like Wonder Woman when it was around like the 40th issue mark, like start of 2018, like January or February. Oh yeah, what was Zeus doing in Wonder Woman? He was dying. Darkseid killed Zeus in Wonder Woman 46, I think, which was around February of 2018. So, okay, so I guess he's back. No, because Bendis was just like, oh yeah, he's dead. I'm going to put a little put a little correction here. This issue takes place before that. Which means this issue takes place before February 2018. This issue takes place after Flash War, which was this August. But before, like, January 2018? So, this issue he's, takes place... Easy continuity is not always the best. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, for the sake of using Zeus, you're having this issue take place after the Flash Annual, which takes place after Heroes in Crisis... But before Wonder Woman's arc, where Darkseid comes back, before Justice League Odyssey, what is going... Sorry, there's a lot of things that that Wonder Woman arc <laughs> tied into. A lot. And there's a lot of things that Flash War, Bart Allen's return, the return of Impulse, tied into. And uh, is I know, like, if you don't think about it, it's fine. But Jesus, that was so long ago. Bendis, what are you doing? Hunter is very upset, as you could tell. <laughs> I don't, I don't like continuity errors that much. I'm sorry. It's just it bothers me a lot. If this, when like, oh, this issue takes place before Doomsday Clock. Okay, that's okay because every issue takes place before Doomsday Clock. But before a comic that came out so long ago, you know what you could have done? Had a scene where Cassie finds out Zeus is dead. That would have been nice. That would have been emotional. I could be like. Oh, Zeus left this in your honor, this necklace. She's like, I don't want it. That would have been fine, but don't have Zeus yeah, in that this. Yeah, that actually probably would have worked better. It's like, and Cassie even mentioned, like, Zeus, when was the last time you were even on Earth? Well, in Wonder Woman, he was living on Earth. So it's like, uh... Besides that, I like the issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the issue, too. I, I like that it focused on Cassie because, like, Cassie's pretty much been sidelined and always thought of, like, the other Wonder Girl, you know? So... It's nice to see something kind of focus Cassie because I think she's a very interesting character. And also, you know, it's just, it was just a good issue and I really liked Gleason's art. So, yeah. yeah solid issue. issue. Uh, I give it, like, right. a... I would give it an 8, but the continuity error bothers me way too much. So I'm giving it a, I'm <laughs> giving like it a 7.5. I'm, I'm also around 7.5. Because it was no speedster. No, I'm joking. No, I thought it was a solid <laughs> issue, though. Uh, all right, let's go on to Green Lantern, number four. Uh, quickly, just because I see we're at the 53-minute mark. Crazy. Ooh, I could do a quick uh, Green recap. Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, you want to you recap it? Go ahead. Sure. Okay, there's Zan people. <laughs> there, <laughs> uh, there, there's a guy that oh looks like God. Mysterio, kind of. He's got, like, a little circular helmet and a red cape, and he's just like, open the vault. Vault gets open. We don't know what's inside yet, but it's like the rumors were true. Cut to uh, this little area, platoon area, and a little cameo in the background from Carter Hawk, a.k.a. Hawkman. You see two people of his race, but specifically, it looks like that's Carter Hawk. So, he's there. It's like this little, like, like alien platoon area. Um, <laughs> Space Cantina. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cantina band. There's a cowboy with four arms with a beard and a cowboy hat talking to this alien, asking, like, hey, you're a Dark Star, right? He's like, heck yeah, I am. It's like, how do you join the Dark Stars? It's like, who are you? And then he does this whole story of how, like, oh, there's a signal, and three Green Lanterns went. One of them was Hal Jordan. These Green Lanterns came. There's a son that was being eaten alive by this thing. 
Uh, one Green Lantern almost died. Hal Jordan saved him with his construct. The constructs fed off the Green Lantern rings. It was like it was a treat. So they were able to escape. And with the power of the three Green Lanterns, they were able to do something that's never been done before, I think, by creating an artificial sun to like... So this was kind of really cool, but has this ever happened before? I don't know. Not that I could think of. Yeah, so they created an artificial sun with their rings that could talk. It goes like, Lantern Hyper 33 reporting for doozy. What's the problem, officers? And they're just like, coming right at us. Gravity harness ready. All your sunshine. And the sun's just like, shield your eyes, officers, into this big green light and save the day. Um, then you cut to... Uh, the Guardians are putting Hal Jordan on trial because the last issue, if you remember, Hal Jordan killed someone. And it seemed like he was being mind controlled or something, but he seems totally like, yeah, I killed this guy. Like, totally <laughs> guilty of this. So, what, what is you doing, Morrison? That's the writer. <laughs> um, so, Hal Jordan killed a guy, and all the Guardians are bald for some reason. I don't know if he knows that some Guardians have hair and beards and stuff. There's only like two bald Guardians, but in this one, they're all bald. And so. Uh, they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, I killed these people, and then they're just, the Guardian's just like, take them away, and these two awesome-looking lanterns, one's like a rock lantern, one's the volcano head lantern, they take them away. And they look really cool. Cut back to the cowboy talking with the Dark Star, being like, how do you join you? I, I need to join you guys. And he's just like, mm, I know who you are, you're Hal Jordan. And he's like, oh, you got me. And like, two of his arms were actually constructs from the ring, and he has a beard, which I, I like, I hope he keeps the beard. <laughs> and then she's just like, the, the Dark Star is just like, I am the Countless Belzebeth, and you, you were wrong to come here. And Hal Jordan takes off his ring and goes like, allow me to disagree. See, I'm here to join you, and I'll even throw in my ring for free. Done. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I read the first five pages of this, and I was literally like, I had to double take the cover, like, did I buy the right comic? <laughs> the first five pages, I was like, is this even Green Lantern? And I was so confused. Um... I, I think Grant Morrison is too smart for me. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's an interesting story. I'm just kind of confused as to where it's going. You need a high cue to understand Grant Morrison's writing. <laughs> just like Zack Snyder movies. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, it's very confusing. It'll definitely read better in trade. I just feel like it's doing so many plots at once right mm -hmm. now. So it's very, it's very, very confusing. But all in all, I'm enjoying it. I will continue to read it, and I give it a seven. Alrighty, I'm gonna give it a six just because I was very confused. Yeah, but confusing. I, I enjoyed it, like you know, for what the issue was, and the art is amazing as always. So yeah. Um, now I'll quickly go over Avengers number fourteen and Daredevil number one. Avengers number fourteen. Uh, they are in Romania. Uh, they are fighting out a lot of vampires. There's this guy with like a weird mask, and he's the Shadow Colonel who is looking for Dracula. Uh, Blade is fighting his way through vampires because he's Blade. Uh, Black Panther and on Iron Man go down to on like, a plane. Keep in mind, it's a plane filled with vampires, and Captain Marvel is piloting it. Yes, cool. uh, they're in the like underground of Wakanda, uh, Black Panther and Iron Man, and there is like just the two of them down there. So it's a pretty cool looking scene. And then they, I'm I'm not really sure what they did here. It looks like fire all around them, but I don't know if it's just fire or light. Did 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 you understand that? Uh, I feel like it was just fire. Okay. Uh, in Central Romania, Captain America and Thor are fighting off a bunch of vampires. And all the vampires, uh, well, Steve has a cool panel where he takes a cross in his hand and he's, and he's like, uh, 
you know, come take a bit of stomach for it because, you know, he's Steve. He's awesome. Uh, Hulk, She-Hulk and Ghost Rider teamed up, and there's this little devil-looking kid who messes with Ghost Rider's head, but She-Hulk doesn't even see him, and then She-Hulk throws his car and calls it a fireball special. She-Hulk's like the worst character in this whole run, to be honest. Uh, Captain America, <laughs> Back to Captain America and Thor, where uh, all the people start, like all the vampires start standing down, and he's like, aha, it was because of the wrath of the mighty Thor. And then Captain America's like, sorry, big guy, but uh, I don't think they're afraid of you. They were afraid of the colonel with the weird mask. Uh, back at Avengers Mountain, we see Captain Marvel, Captain America, Black Panther, and they have the colonel with the mask in the uh, interrogation room. The person interrogating him will be Blade. Uh, he knows a lot about Blade. He knows where, like, pretty much his whole origin. And this makes Blade really mad, and he throws him up against glass, like, in the Dark Knight. Uh, back to Robbie Reyes. Uh, he is with his car, and all of a sudden his eyes light up, and he's like, who's there? And then he literally like lights on fire. He looks like, uh, yeah, like Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> like Ghost Rider, like all lit up. Like it's pretty crazy. Like, it's uh, like a, Cage. yeah, Super Saiyan Ghost Rider. Yeah. And uh, the big like dog thing that was with the colonel says, get in my car. Uh, and then to end the issue, we're at the Russian-Ukrainian border where Dracula shows up. And yeah, he wants to know peace. So yeah, he's like, has no accent anymore. He's a kind of odd, old but gay. He probably yeah, does have so. an accent. I mean, it's a comic. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I he, thought they mentioned something about him not having an accent. No. He says, no, I was wrong. Damn. I, thought yeah, well, he, I was very confused why he said that. Just because Damn, you didn't read it with an accent doesn't mean everyone did. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, that was Avengers number 14. What did you think of the issue and what do you rate it? Hey, I thought it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Blade is pretty cool. I liked the animation or the art of his fight style, and I give it like a uh, uh, 8.5. Okay, I'm going to disagree. I didn't really care for this issue. this issue. It was okay. I mean, Blade's cool, but like I don't know. I just thought it was kind of okay overall. going to go with 6 out of 10. Even 5.5. Fair enough. Uh, and then our last comic of the week, which I read, Hunter did not, is Daredevil number one. Um, I don't want to recap too detailed because hunter did not read it but basically uh daredevil is kind of off his game just got out of a coma but uh that i guess that happened in the man without fear series which i did not read but hunter explained it for me so yeah yeah. uh but yeah he's off his game uh pretty pretty much the whole issue he's getting back out there though and kingpin now knows that daredevil is back in the city and kingpin is mayor if you haven't been reading amazing spider-man so yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, good start, good first issue, and I'm very interested to see where it goes because I really don't know enough about Daredevil, and I want to. Eight mm-hmm. out of ten. Booyah. <laughs> cool. And yeah, that's our comics of the week. Uh, but before we end the episode, we're going to do a character of the week. Hunter, the character of the week is? I guess Wonder Girl because that's what I kind of said at the start. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You said that in the front. Okay. Yeah. Cassie Sandsmark, Wonder Girl, is our character of the week. Uh, how I was introduced to her is through actually the original Young Justice comic series. Uh, she used to wear like a black wig back then, and uh, she was one of the core four, if you will. Uh, she was a really cool character, and I liked her chemistry with the rest of the team. Uh, I've read her in a bunch of stuff, including that run, uh, 2013 Titans, and certain Wonder Woman issues. Uh, she's pretty badass character. Uh trying to think of any time they've adapted her in animation maybe young Ju- she's in young justice right yeah, she is in young justice she's in young justice uh yeah she's cool uh what i want to see from her in the future is 
I mean, you know, in the Young Justice book, but I also want to see a Wonder Family book because I think it would be really cool. But considering we don't have like a Bat Family book or a Superman Family book, I guess it's not likely. But it would be cool to see a Wonder Family book with, you know, Donna, uh, Donna, Diana, Cassie. That's what it is. Whoever else. Artemis, maybe. <laughs> I feel like there's more Billy you could add. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Done. Okay, I was introduced uh, to Wonder Girl, probably either the Young Justice book from the 90s or Young Justice itself, the animated series. I can't remember which came first, but I was introduced to her, and at first I'm just like, Wonder Girl, that's just like Wonder Woman, but blonde and a girl. I don't know, that kind of feels like lazy writing. I didn't know much about her, but then I learned that she is the daughter of Zeus. So I was like, okay, that or the granddaughter of Zeus, depends on continuity. But I'm like, okay, that makes her way more unique. Because before, I was more, like, totally a Donna fan. I liked Donna Troy way better. I felt like Cassie was just, like, a weaker Donna Troy. But now that she's, like, somewhat different, granddaughter of Zeus, it's way better. So I like Cassie now. Um, where to see her in the future? Uh, Wonder Family book sounds cool, but I think I prefer a Bat Family book or Super Family book or a Flash Family book. So as far as Wonder Girl goes, just keep her in Young Justice. Have her, like on the teen titans as a cameo here and there uh yeah <laughs> like i feel like she's a character that doesn't need to be in much so wonder girl yay yeah, I, <laughs> I agree all right yeah wonder girl pretty cool uh and i guess that's it for the episode so if you were listening on itunes we appreciate a five-star review uh we do read the reviews we just got a very nice one the other day uh but they didn't put their name so if you write a review you can put your name and we'll basically shout you out on the podcast or on our instagram yeah uh yeah for a hero story i'm jd i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero and remember every second is a gift oh!